Hey, it's Pastor Mike. Welcome to today's podcast episode. We're talking about comparison. Have you ever looked at other people's lives and thought, man, I wish I had what they had. I wish I came from where they came from. And in a moment of frustration, you just cancel out your own plans. See, comparison will rob you of your purpose. I want you to invest in yourself. Take the next several minutes. Stay all the way to the end of this broadcast because you are going to learn so much. And I'll talk to you on the other side. Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Pastor Mike, the lead pastor of V1 Church, and I just want to sincerely welcome you to church today. Drop a comment right now and let me know where you're watching from. Give me like city and state. Give me country. Where are you at? What time is it? That's probably a better question, um, but we are so excited to greet you. Our dream team is actually in the chat. We have pastors in the chat. We've got people uh, who want to welcome you today, and then I just want you to do this. Go ahead and beat the algorithm rhythm by sharing this broadcast. So this is one of the things you can you can do to become a digital missionary because they actually say that Facebook and Instagram, if you accumulated the total number of users, is almost like a country in and of itself. And so if we're saying like, well, God, we want to win our city, let's win the digital territory as well. So go ahead and hit that share button. You probably have a friend or a family member that wouldn't normally, I'll put it like this, come through the physical church doors, but digitally, and it's, I call it like the guilty viewer. It's the person who's like, I'm, I'm not really into church. And then 23 minutes in, they're like, this is crazy. God spoke directly to me. And they're crying their eyes out. That happens every week. And so don't share thinking who's not going to watch it. Share right now. Hit that share button, knowing that there's going to be people that the Holy Spirit does what only he can do. Hey, I've got like a live audience with me. Our whole team here is, is here as well. Can we all just like put our hands together and get this thing started right now? <laughs> Come on, throw a hand clap emoji uh, in, the, in the comments right now, you know, clap back or whatever. But let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. And I'm going to be prim primarily teaching through this parable. And so we, we're going to take a very deep dive on the parable of gold. And this is really going to change your life. This series, uh, The Comparison Trap, has actually helped so many people get free. And it's crazy time to be alive right now. But comparison, um, let me just say it like this. I was thinking about this earlier today. Isn't it funny how many friends you have that judge you for serving an invisible God, and yet they are tortured by an invisible battle in their own mind every day? It's like crazy to me to think about, like... It's like, how dare you serve an invisible God? I'm like, yeah, but you have an invisible battle in your mind that's just as real every single day. My God's more real than that. And so I want to deal with that invisible battle of the mind, that, that thing that just it catches you up, that trap. And I want to read to you Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 28. So if you have a physical Bible sitting next to you, go ahead and open your Bible up to the book of Matthew. Um, you can follow along on the screen as well where the scriptures will be put on display. And these are the red letters, meaning Jesus actually spoke these words. And so I want you to hear the scriptures today. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. So let me back up. So again, 
this parable, which means that this is not a true story. Jesus is actually telling a fictional story in hopes that we, he can teach us a profound lesson. So when you hear this, pay attention to every detail because Jesus was very particular about his word choice and how he crafted a story. So again, it will be like a man going on a journey. So he's taking a trip who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to his servants. Verse 15, to one he gave five bags of gold. So five bags of gold. To another he gave two bags. And to one, another he just gave one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. So you have a master who's incredibly wealthy and he has servants and he actually divvies up his wealth according to their ability. And so you have, like again, somebody who is given five bags, then you have another servant who's given two, and then you have finally the last servant who just receives one bag. Okay, let me continue. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and he gained five bags more. Okay, so you have a guy who is entrusted with more than everyone else, and he was trustworthy and actually doubled what he was in charge of. Verse 17, so also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. So he also doubled it. But, but if you're following the math, and some of you are like, Pastor Mike, help me out because I'm already lost. Even when the one with two doubled it and now has four, that's still one less than the guy who is given the most. Okay, but... There's also the one with two bags. He gained two more. Verse 18, but the man who had received one bag, so one bag of gold went off and he dug a hole in the ground and, his, and hid his master's money. Now there is a profound revelation that I've never really heard anyone preach on and I want to unpack it for you today. And I want you to understand that comparison has the potential to make you angry with God. Comparison actually has a potential to make you upset with God. So in this parable, the, the master that we have is actually being compared to God. So God gives to each one according to their ability what he entrusts. Some people are given five bags of gold, some two and some one. And then what happens is there's this potential to actually be mad at God. And, and I was thinking about this, the freedom that's involved in this kind of preaching because we are born into families that we cannot choose. I have two daughters and unfortunately both of them look like me with wigs on. I am so sorry. And so when they, they could not choose, so God breathed the breath of life into their body and they received a family that Julie and I built. And so they don't get to choose. Now, my daughters have told me, thank God for dad's eyebrows because I've got some options to work with. I've got thicker eyebrows. I guess that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, they've got some options. You know, my daughter's 13. And so, you know, she's, it's like she kind of has uh, come to me with like her different, man, thank God this. But then there's also some things that's like, I don't know about that. And so, we all have things that we have received that were not our choosing. Let me back up and say that again. We all have things in our life that we've received that are not our choosing. You didn't choose your eye color. Come on, you didn't choose your height, right? You wish you could be a shot caller. You wish you could be a baller. You wish you were taller. You know, there's just things like, 
I, somehow or another, I ended up being the tallest person in my whole family, praise God, but I didn't choose that. And so there are things that we have received that we didn't choose. And there's potential for that to produce anger. And I wanna deal specifically with anger. Some of you watching live right now are like, Pastor Mike, just start the altar call now because I need deliverance from anger. Because we can angrily shake our fist towards God and say, God, why in the world would you give me this? And see, I never saw this before until, actually, I'll put it like this, the more free you get, you will continue to read the Bible differently. Every single time I take a journey through scripture from Genesis to Revelation, it's like I'm reading it for the first time because a different version of me is reading it this time. And as I continue to get healed and whole in certain areas of my life, mysteries of the scriptures become unlocked to me. And it wasn't until I got free from the comparison trap that I could even read this parable in a totally new light. So let me just say it again. Watch this. Verse 17. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Let me read verse 19. So after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. So the master came back and said, I'm going to settle accounts. So I gave you that which you did not choose, but you had a choice with what you did with it. Come on, does somebody hear me getting ready to scream preach right now? The choice you have is what you do with what you were given. That's the choice you have is what you do with what you're given. And so he said, I'm gonna settle up accounts. Every single one of us are gonna settle up with God one day. And he's gonna say, hey, I gave you by my sovereignty, and you don't hear this in a lot of churches, the sovereignty of God, it represents the things in your life that you didn't choose. And God says, yeah, by my sovereign hand, you were born into that family, into that neighborhood, with that stature, that eye color. I, I gave you the ingredients for greatness, but you had to stir it up, bake it, and put it in the oven, and put it through a process. And you had to be accountable for what you did with what you couldn't control exercising your free will in the areas that you could control. Come on, I'm just going into some deep waters. Are you willing to go with me today? Are you getting something out of this? And so he says this in verse 20, the man who had received five bags of gold, he brought the other five. And this is what he said, master, now pay attention to the language. This is a very deep Bible study we're doing right now. Pay attention to the language. So the guy who is given five comes back with five more. And he uses this term, master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. Now watch this, verse 21. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. A few things, five bags of gold. Have you ever thought about this, this text? Literally, the master says, you've been faithful with few things. In whose world is five bags of gold a few things? If you're watching right now and you're in that realm financially, please give to V1 Church. <laughs> Come on now. So the master literally says, see, there's so much rich revelation here. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. There's a direct correlation between stewarding the things that you didn't choose and stewarding them well, and being faithful to the things that you had no control over, that actually the master says, come and enter now into happiness. 
Are you watching right now and there's a lack of joy in your life? Could it be that you're cursing the things that God wants you to steward? Could it be that that lack of happiness is that you just don't even want to accept the gift that he's giving so it'll be grown to more? There's such a revelation here. Let me continue. Come and share your master's happiness. So enter into your master's happiness. Verse 22, the man who had two bags of gold. Now listen to the text. Master, he said, master, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things and I put you in charge of many things. Now come and share your master's happiness. Now watch this. Then there's the man, incredibly emo, super depressed, mad at God, hating the world. He's mad at somebody else because, listen, sometimes Andy Stanley says you can live in the land of Ur. Do you know what the land of Ur is? It's when you look around and you say, wow, they're happy-er, they're pretty-er, they're wealthy-er. You can live in the land of Ur. And this guy, he comes moping along and he comes from the land of Ur, right? Everyone's got it better than me. And then he tells the master, now watch what he says. And he says this, he, he said, master, I knew that you, had a, uh, that you are a hard man harvesting where you, oh no, let me back up, let me back up. It says this, verse, verse 24, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not gathered seeds. So I was afraid. I, I, I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Now, I just want to stop right there. The ones who actually took care of what God gave them well, they use the term master and they use the term you. They understood that they were there to serve the master. The other one actually turned the focus and, and he's the only one that uses the word I. I, I was afraid. I had to make a choice. He was doing what was in his best interest, not was what was in the best interest of his master. And he says this, so I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. Now, this is where things really got unlocked for me as I was going through this text. I had this realization. So imagine three servants are lined up and the master says, you get five bags of gold. Then he goes to the next one, you get two bags of gold. And then he goes to the final one and says, you get one bag of gold. There, his, there is this moment in his soul, which is his emotions and his mind, where he begin to look at the other servants and comparison takes place. And he says something that I know that many of you have said many, many times. You know what he says? What can I do with just one bag of gold? What can I do with just this one bag? And so in a moment of frustration, he takes that thing and buries it and then makes an excuse to the master and said, what can I do? And if, if God through the Holy Spirit is probing your heart right now, I want you to search yourself because I believe that the, the scriptures are a light that shines into the dark areas that we try to hide. And this could be one of the biggest breakthrough moments that you have in your life. Because what happens is the Holy Spirit helps you see in what areas have you told God, what can I do with this one bag? 
What can I do with this? It's not enough to make a difference. It's not enough to be significant. It's not enough to achieve greatness. It's not enough to achieve wealth. You look at your situation and you say, God, what can I make out of this marriage? What good can come out of this, this thing? Why even invest in my husband anymore? Why even invest in my wife? What can you do? Some of you watching are living in regions where you're saying, God, I, I'm seriously, do you know my neighborhood? It's like you handed me one bag and you gave people in other countries or other regions or other neighborhoods five bags of gold. And you're looking at what they have and you're burying what you have because you're, and I never saw that in the text before, but when that guy literally put the shovel, you know, let me put it like this. You know what you bury? You bury dead things. He had a funeral for the thing that God invested in his life. Whoo! He literally had a funeral for the thing that God invested in his life. What if I told you that some of the things that you're comparing against other people's lives and you have already got, listen, you've already had a funeral service for it, that it's about time for a resurrection? That it's, a, it's about time that you go back in and say, you know what, Jesus had to walk in front of the tomb of Lazarus and call his name forth to, to have him to come out. And if Jesus didn't say Lazarus by name, everybody else was gonna come out of the grave as well. And you, that's how powerful it was when he said, come forth. He had to say Lazarus because everybody else would have been resurrected too. You need to speak to the thing that you buried and you need to call it by name and tell it to come back to life in this season because there's something about being unwise and we need the wisdom of God. There's something about being unwise that you'll say, God, not in this neighborhood, not in this family, not with this job, not with this spouse, not with this physical body. No way it can be done. But even the person who is given five bags of gold, according to the master standard, he said, you've been faithful with few. Even the person that you're jealous of, that you think has every opportunity, I want you to hear me as a spiritual father right now because I would have given anything to hear this sermon when I was caught in the comparison trap. Even the people that you look at and say, if I had their dad, I'd be in full-time ministry too. Come on, I'm speaking right into the depths of this comparison trap. Oh, if I was raised in their house with two loving parents, yeah, I'd be successful in business too. But I've, no, listen, even the ones who've been given everything that you think that you needed to succeed, by God's standard, he's saying they've received few because you serve the God of Ephesians that says it's more than enough, that he will accelerate you, that he will provision you, that he will connect you with the relationships in your life to cause you to go and walk through doors that were seemingly impossible for even those that seem to be connected. Because when you're connected to the most high, when you're connected to the God of the universe, when you're connected to the one that has a cattle on a thousand hills, come on, somebody knows what I'm talking about. The most important, potent relationship in your life is the one with God. And he'll take, he'll take a boy that was sold into slavery named Joseph and take him from the pit to the palace when there was no way to politic himself into that position. Even the total sum of every relationship that his family had uh, before he was sold into slavery couldn't have got him to where God took him. Over and over and over again, you've got David being faithful on the backside of a hill. 
and the total sum of every relationship of his brothers and his father and everything that that family could have gave him if they cashed it all in and said, we're going on all in on David, could not have got, gotten David to be the king of Israel. There are some things that God says, I just reserve this for myself. I believe that Joseph just had one bag of gold. Did somebody hear me preaching? Joseph had one bag. He said, this bag, I'm gonna carry this bag with integrity. Every situation that I've been dealt for over 17 years of my life has felt like it's contrary to the gift that God's given me and the destiny that I feel kicking inside of me. David was a one bag investor. He said, I don't understand why I'm watching sheep. I feel like I'm a psalmist. I'm fe I feel like I'm an international worship leader. I feel like I'm supposed to be king, but nothing in the scope of my reality aligns with what I feel kicking in my gut, but I'm not going into the comparison trap. I will not go to the comparison trap. He was a one bag investor and guess what? They inherited the whole thing. And so as we look at this, look what Jesus says in verse 26, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You didn't bury that because you thought you were doing something good. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put the money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it with even interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. This is the moment we're getting ready to pray because I feel like God is breaking something. Do you feel the chains getting ready to fall? I, I know that God's been doing some deep work on your heart during this sermon. Each one of them were, were required to give an account to their master. And so right now, I wanna connect you with God because in this story, the master is God. And I wanna connect you with him to have a conversation with him this is when it gets deep. This is when we kind of walk into that uncharted territory. Come on, if you're a watch party, forget about the person next to you. Stop looking at how many bags of gold God gave them. I want you to turn the focus on what God gave you. And I want you to have a moment with God. And this is why I think that it can be one of the most powerful services you've ever been in. Maybe it even happened in your home where you look around at the light fixtures and you say, well, my friend's got better light fixtures. You look around at your furniture and you're saying, yeah, I've got a, a friend whose husband just bought him brand new furniture. And maybe you're looking at the surroundings of your home, realizing that your heart has been caught in this comparison trap. I know that even my wife and I, as we've raised kids, there's been times you see other people's kids and they're just decked out in these outfits. And you're like, how in the world did they pull that off? I can guarantee you if they're succeeding in one area, chances are they're still failing in some other areas. But you can have your eyes so fixed on what God distributed to somebody else that you don't realize that what you think is so much, God's still calling it few. What you think is so hard for God to do in your life, he can do in just a moment. And so I want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to remove all the distractions. So just close your eyes. I want you to search your heart. This is a sacred moment we're having right now. Some of you need to acknowledge that you're mad at God. Now this is where deliverance begins to take place and I'm speaking very boldly. Your heart might be saying, I watched somebody go down that wedding aisle just with a level of purity that I wasn't able to have because of how I was abused. 
God, why did you give me this situation? I didn't choose that. Some of you, you cringe every single time on Instagram that you see a, a husband and a wife just lovingly hugging each other because of the brokenness of your marriage. Some of you scroll more rapidly past the post of dads with their kids because of this gaping hole in your heart that your father left when he walked out. And the comparison trap is to look at your one bag of gold and say, I'm just gonna bury it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have a funeral service for my marriage. I'm just gonna have a funeral service for my relationships with my loved ones. I'm just gonna bury it. Like, and, and the master in his wisdom said, you did that out of laziness. You did that because you gave up hope. You, you, because even somebody with hope would have taken that one bag and invested it. And at least just as the bank held it, it would have accrued interest. But you, what you did was out of a different heart, a different spirit. And so I'm here to tell you, there's somebody watching who's getting ready to, to bury the thing that God gave you. Last week on the broadcast, do you know that I had three people cancel a suicide? Because sometimes when you bury what God gave you, it's, it's your own life just saying, I just, I'm done. I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way my own voice sounds reverberating through my own chest. I can't even stand to hear my own heartbeat anymore. And that spirit of despair will come over you. And that spirit of brokenness will overshadow you. Do you know through this whole pandemic how many times I've heard parents actually saying that their kids, teenage kids, have been so full of despair that they don't even want to live. But I'm telling you, if you'll be faithful with the one bag that God gave you and you won't bury it, but you'll invest it and say, God, I can't help all of what happened to me, but I can choose what I'm gonna do with this. I'm gonna have a posture of worship, surrendering to your sovereignty, because I wanna tell you something. Often the things that are so ugly to us they carry the beauty of the kingdom deep within them. And they, they almost are like a hideous flower that has yet to bloom. And on the outside of that hideous flower, there's this stench of an aroma. But see, the thing about the, the hidden blessing of the kingdom that's inside of that, inside of that bulb is that when you put your heart in the posture of worship and surrender to the sovereignty of God, and all of a sudden you say, God, not my will be done, but yours. God, I didn't choose prison. I didn't choose Potiphar's wife telling on me. And I tried to do what's right. And it just seems like even doing the right thing doesn't work out in this culture. But I surrender to your sovereignty. I wish I had brothers that loved me, but they splashed blood on my coat and sold me into slavery. Even David, God, I, I don't know why I heard the prophet Samuel's here and all the brothers lined up and nobody came to get me because they wanted to increase their chances by keeping me excluded. I wish I had brothers that loved me, but nonetheless, not my will be done, but yours, God. I didn't get to choose my family, but you're my father. And so when you keep that posture of worship and surrender, this hideous bulb begins to unfold and it releases the fragrance of the kingdom of heaven. And then it reveals this beauty that you would not see any other way. 
And I don't know who that's for, but it's blooming season for somebody. It's a season of blooming to open up and reveal the beauty of the kingdom that comes through your life. And then I'm here to tell you that there's some other people with your story that are gonna say, but I don't know if I can go another day. And you say, come here, daughter, come here, son. I know that you can live to see another day because I chose it. And the beauty of God was revealed in my situation. I chose it. There's a wisdom that comes with waiting on God. There's a wisdom that comes through worship. There's a wisdom that comes from stewarding your one bag, even if that's all you got. So right now, we're just gonna pray. We're gonna pray but I'm gonna have you repeat a prayer that's really bold. I'm gonna actually ask you to say you're sorry to God. I'm gonna actually ask you to say, God, I'm sorry, don't do it yet, because I want you to prepare your heart. I want this to be real. I don't want this to be autopilot. I actually want you to say, God, I'm sorry for being so mad at you for allowing the things that I didn't get to choose. I'm gonna be wise in this next season. And I'm telling you, you are about to experience some major freedom. If you're at a watch party right now, get ready. You're gonna probably have to push back the seats, get the Kleenex out because there's gonna be breakthrough in this moment. Okay, if you're watching at home, when you say these words out of your mouth, freedom is gonna happen. Are you ready now? Are you ready now? Come on, this is the day of salvation and freedom. Just repeat these words after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for being so mad at you. I'm sorry for being angry at you for the things I couldn't control. Forgive me, God. I trust that you have a plan that's beautiful. I trust that you're going to make all things new. I trust that what you gave me, come on, just say it, I trust that what you gave me will turn into so much more in Jesus' name. Come on, just say it with your heart, let it be so, let it be so. Come on, just sing out this song. Well, I'm telling you, we have already received so many testimonies from this sermon, and we want to hear from you. Make sure to visit www.v1.church. Get into a connect group. Find some family all around the world. Come on, let's stay connected. As always, I'm broadcasting daily from my Facebook page. You can find me over there. And if you want to give and help support us financially so that we can reach people around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, go ahead and download our mobile app, V1 Church, or from our website, click Give. Thanks so much, and I cannot wait to see you tomorrow.